With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. All right, what's up? Welcome in late week edition of Hardwood Handicappers, the podcast. Uh, we got a lot going on, and we had our first full slate of NBA action, as promised, as always. Kelly Bidlin is here on the later episodes, uh, which I very much love and enjoy, because first off, I very much respect Kelly's NBA acumen. And second, it's always good to have a second voice on the pod, bounce stuff off of. So what's up, man? How the how the first two games, uh, first two days of games treating you? Because I got to tell you, I was, so it was Wednesday. If people don't know, I, I do local stuff on the side. And mm-hmm. I was hosting a local radio and I had both my laptops in studio and my phone on games. It was like in that four o'clock hour. And the Knicks at halftime go down by 15. And I'm in, I'm on New York. And the at the same time, the Raptors had, I think, 11 or 12 point lead that they blew. And uh, they then trailed Cleveland by like two points. And yeah. um, Chicago uh, was coming back against Miami. And I sat there looking at this and I'm stressing out because I had bets in all three of those. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> like we're only the second day in and I've got three screens up and I'm stressing out about all these comebacks and everything. Like I love basketball, but man. It's the first day in, and once you get into that grind, you realize how like agonizing this whole thing's going to be. Oh, totally! It is the it is the welcome back to the NBA season moment. Um, I, I like that you just you just brought that up because I've only I've only had made two bets so far. I usually usually you know tread lightly at the beginning of the season. You you, you brought it up actually a little bit on a numbers game the other day. It's the it, seemingly every season for me, it's the I, I always tread lightly at the beginning, and seemingly I always start off start off really hot or really bad, right? Yeah. And it's like it's a good read on your priors kind of heading into the season, right? Either either you're kind of dead on, or okay, you were off in some spots, and you need to take maybe take a week or two off, reevaluate some things, get a feel for for these teams more, the markets more, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, I was on Sixers night one on Tuesday. That that went down, and then the moment last night were for me of welcome back to the uh, 
uh, NBA season last night being Wednesday night was the uh, I'm counting Jared Allen rebounds in my head because I played over 10 and a half rebounds yep. uh, f- uh, for him. And, you know, with player props like that for me, it's like kind of counting cards at a blackjack table, right? Where I'm just like, you can kind of do it in your head as you're watching the game. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, I hit 11. I hit the over with three minutes remaining. And then I'm watching the final three minutes of that game because it was a great game all the way down to the end, like you brought, like you were talking about. And I'm like, okay, you know, I haven't checked the box score yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm on 11. And uh, but it would be nice to be see an insurance rebound or two come here. Right. And I'm like, final three minutes of the game roll by. Jared Allen doesn't grab another rebound. Pull up the box score. They've got it listed at 10. And then I spend the next 20 minutes going through the entire play by play where I'm like, where did I miscount one? Like, what's going on here? So yeah, L L on that Wednesday night, and uh, yeah, man, we roll we roll into the season so far. Uh, you know, looking to pick up that first W. Oh man, it's a it's a grind. I already got like I think I got like first name bunch of numbers on Twitter. Like, uh, tweeted me about the the Miami Heat play that I made, and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, it's day two, two. it's day two. Man. Like, I can't. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, can we yeah. just can Take we just stop? Easy. Like, you can do it. Like, just do it to me in like December. Give me like a month, yeah, whatever totally. it is. Totally. Um, so and I want to go. It's one of those. It's one of those, like the whole NBA seasons, like this, right? Like, I, I mean, it's it's highs and lows for betters, yep. and like if 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 you bet it all season long, like you and I do, both pregame, in game, everything, you're gonna hit streaks, both good and both bad, and it happens every single year. I mean, I think it was November, December last year, I had like a twenty-five and four run going or something like that, and then. Yeah, I think it was February rolled around and it was like, you know, six and 16 run. You're like, okay, cool. It all levels out. Yep. Uh, so I want to go through a couple of finals. And then if you're, if you have one, one that you wanted to hit too, uh, from Wednesday, uh, and then we'll expand on like bigger topics with them before we move on to Friday. Um, I, let's focus on the first one I wanted to throw at you actually was one that I uh, was watching a little bit of, and I watched a little bit more the next day and everybody talked about, but I do think it's part of a bigger picture for both of these teams then the obvious one, New Orleans on the road against Brooklyn. So Pelicans go in there, smack around the Nets, 130-108 final score there. Uh, the non-garbage time offensive rating for the Pelicans, 130.1. Uh, for those who are listening to, by the way, I will constantly reference these. Cleaning the glass does a great job of sorting out garbage time or what it deems garbage time, because uh, who cares about the offensive efficiency of a game that's uh, you know 20 points in the last three or four minutes? You don't need to count that. So you get more of a sense of yeah. what this games are like from a competitive standpoint. So a uh, offensive rating of 130.1 in 93 possessions of non-garbage time minutes for the Pelicans. This is the number that sticks out to me, though, Kelly. And I wrote about this in the um, in the uh, the column that morning. The, the one thing that from a matchup standpoint that sticks out is the Pelicans are going to be able to destroy them on the glass, and they should be able to get second-chance points because the Nets were a terrible rebounding team last year, and they're kind of small this year. And sure enough, offensive yep. rebounding rate of 45.3%. To put that more like to put that more plainly, they grabbed 45.3% of their missed shots the Pelicans did. That's an incredible rate. It's only one game, but it speaks to what this strength is going to be for the Pelicans. And honestly, I think it was just a bad matchup for Brooklyn. I think a lot of people freak out about what transpired. I just think they're not going to be a good rebounding team and a team like New Orleans, which is big enough to crash the glass and a little bit more physical down low. Like, I just don't think it's a team they match up very well with. Yeah, I I think that was that was my biggest takeaway, too. And I mean, look, it's one of those games where they dug themselves in a hole so early, so quick. Right. It's just, yeah, we see swings in the NBA. We always talk about that's what makes it a great live betting sport uh, as well. But it's just you, you dig. 
you dig yourself into a, into that big of a hole that early in a game against a good team, and I think we both think that the Pelicans are going to be a good team this year, uh, it's hard to get out of. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it, I think, for the Nets going forward. It's not, like you said, there's going to be – they're a team that's going to, that, that's going to be an issue with all season if they play, go up against teams with, that are physical and have size. I mean, when you start start talking about, I mean, Valanciunas and Zion, it doesn't get, you know, it doesn't get much, uh, much worse than that for them. I, you know, what all 11 field goals that he made in the paint for Zion, um, man, he's going to be, I, I, he looks like he's in good shape. I, it's going to be fun to watch him this year. I, I That whole Pelicans team, it's, I know you've got the defensive player of the year bet on Herb Jones. Oh, I was going to bring so him up. I was going to bring him up. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you, did you see the block he the had block. on Durant's three? Just, that, like, that was one of the greatest highlights of Wednesday night. I was like, why, where's the replay on this? So again, like just to put that out there, just he, it was a great play where he's kind of, he's not in the middle of the floor, but he's a little bit closer to the paint. And he realizes that KD's getting the ball in the corner. He covers a good amount of ground and still yep. gets up and has the length to swat and get his hand on swats. Not just strong, strong, get his hand on a Kevin Durant three point shot. Think about Kevin Durant's release point. Okay, and Herb Jones exactly. made up ground, lifted, and still got his hand on that three-point attempt, and that was beautiful for me. Because again, you know what? He's at sixty-six to one. We got—I got this ticket on to win Defensive Player of the Year. But to get that highlight on the first day on a game where everyone's wow. eyes are, dude, he is, and, and people are tweeting out, "Oh, all defense." Now, screw all defense. Okay, he—we're <laughs> uh, shooting for larger things here with Herb Jones. And the fact that he pulled that off, and the kid's just so good, man. Like it was—it's really cool to watch him. But that was an incredible play. It, it is, it is, especially when you, especially when you think of the NBA draft and really what it's become. And when you start talking about a guy who, you know, goes in the second round and then finishes the year rated as the best wing defender in the NBA last year, and you get that on night one of year two, it's just awesome to see story. A storylines like that, but then it's like, okay, I and mean, that's just that's just great homework by a Pelicans front office. Great draft pick, and I it get the kids for real. The kids yep. for and like it matters. Like, I, I, there's a reason why Rudy Gobert is the short shot short shot in the market. Like, yes, those are gonna the the blocks and the rebounds are gonna are gonna sway voters and show up more more easily in box scores. But the NBA is still dominated by wing players right and if you the great wing players are are what matter in this league still is still so much and to have a guy that's able to slow those guys down or stop blocking Kevin Durant three-point attempt it is just amazing so my last observation from this game too this is what stuck out when I was going over the box score uh by the way shout out NBA league pass I don't know why I pay for you I do know I pay for you um the ability to replay games is uh, non-existent it's an absolute nightmare uh, the way that that thing crashes consistently. I also have it on like the PS5, mm-hmm. so the apps the apps relatively new, but it's still a nightmare to access them. Uh, first world problems. Um, so I was having I was having games freeze up on me yeah. all on Wednesday night. Yep. I don't know if you were having that problem. I, yeah, I was wondering if that was just me, but like I would have to reload games all the time. It's been a nightmare, but they're changing it up. They have this new like NBA ID thing or something like that. I don't know what's happening, but it's it's been a nightmare. Um, last observation from this game that I'm going to keep track of as we move forward, though. Every player that got into that game for the Pelicans, I don't know if you noticed looking at the box score, they all had two assists or more. Every single one of them. Every single one of them yeah. had two assists. And they're going to be a good ball movement team. But for and, and one of my things that I'm going to try to do more this year, Kelly, is, is play player props a little bit more and focus on that market. 
And Zion obviously goes over his player prop assist. I think he had five, if I remember. No, he actually had three. Uh, CJ McCollum had six, and uh, Ingram had five. But this is going to be a team that's going to be up there in terms of ball movement. And when you're looking at like a little bit further down the board, even Herbert Jones had three assists. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, is, I think, something worth monitoring. I think kind of as we move forward, like assist watch for the Pelicans and how these player props and these numbers are hung up. Because I'd be interested to see if this is a team, especially some of these guys that aren't going to have high totals, if it's going to be a team worth monitoring and maybe betting some of these assist totals over because they're going to move the ball around a lot. I think that's a great point. I mean, especially when you've got a, okay, I'm interested, I'm interested, you know, kind of along those same lines. I'm interested to see how much they go with the Zion point forward situation that we saw yeah. a little bit, right. You know, uh, in the past, we've seen a little bit of that already. You know, you've got CJ McCollum that you're really kind of playing in a point guard position. That's not a true point guard. Uh, you know, he, he did great last year in that role. And, you, you know, that's what we're going to see him at this year. But I think it's a great point by you. I think, it, I think it's you're going to see this those assist numbers spread around a lot. Um, I think the other big thing for me was like Brandon Ingram not, not really having to assert himself much in the first half was very apparent. And it was like, yeah, Ingram was – it was very obvious when he felt like he needed to start start including himself in the scoring a little bit more later in that game. Um, I, I I loved what I saw out of that team last night. And yeah, I, look, I think the player prop markets are there's something to attack early on in the season too. I think when you've got, uh, you know, when you have certain beliefs about different teams and different roles that guys are going to play within the team, um, I think those markets are going to take a little bit longer to adapt than, uh, you know, than the sides and totals that everybody are betting into. You know, every single day, more more often than the player props. Yeah, it's it's one. I would say JBT over these first couple of days, those are those are things that I've been. Uh, I, I mean, I that I've I've looked at more as much as I have sides and totals. So I'll ask you. I have three three more games. We're not going to go over every single one of them because one of them I just want to note really quickly. Actually, I'll just do it now. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder were the best cover team in the regular season last year. They did it again yesterday mm-hmm. against Minnesota. I wonder if this is just going to be a thing because uh, I don't know how many games they're going to win, but they again they're super well coached and they're rated very low. And I get it, but uh, Mark Dagonal has this team playing really well and just competitive basketball. And like yep. Shea Gilders Alexander, 32 points. I think you wonder about the offensive output because nobody else scored more than 14. Um, but this team's really well coached, man, and they are deep for a bad team, right? There's a lot of good young talent here. I wonder if they're going to find themselves again, two or three on the ATS list because did it again yesterday against Minnesota. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I was really impressed with them uh, yesterday too, taking Minnesota down to the wire. Um, the, uh, I mean, look, it, when you have a player like, like, like Shea Gilgis Alexander too, I think that, that it, it helps separate you, separate you from, you know, some really bad teams when you have a go-to guy like that. Um, and yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they might put themselves in that position all year. There's still a lot of pieces to really like on that team. It sucks that Ch- Chet Holmgren went down. I was really looking forward to seeing this yep. team with him in the lineup. Um, you know, that's going to have to wait obviously, but. Uh, yeah, they were scrappy. I watched I watched a lot of the end of that game. I think one when we're hitting on player props, I think the other thing that was very obvious in that game was, and I wondered about this with Gobert coming over to Minnesota, would they try to work him into the offense more when we really saw the Jazz not ever really consider him? You know, as, as part of their offense, it felt like for so many years there. I, I mean, you look at it, 10 for 15 from the field for him. And, and yes, a lot of those are putbacks and stuff like that. But 
there were design rolls to the basket for him and, you know, lobs for him and stuff like that. Where I think player, you know, point props, not something you really looked at much with Rudy Gobert very often, very often in the past. I think it's something that, that you could target early on in the season here. No, it's a good point. I think <clears throat> cleaning the glass and right now has it like of his attempts at the rim. Actually, no. Yeah, here we go. So of the, uh, of the shot attempts he made against small sample size, 44% of them were assisted on. Uh, so, you know, they're getting him involved. That was part of the thing that we're talking about. That's a really good point. 21 and 16 for him, but 21 points. And that was a narrative coming out that he wanted to be more involved and they got him involved. So I, I'd be yeah. fascinated to see what the adjustment is there as we kind of move forward. Cause it's not going to be a high point total. Right. Exactly. It's, it's going to take, if he is a different type of offensive player in Minnesota, like I'm kind of expecting him to be more involved. And simply what I mean by that is just involved in the offense, right? We really never, never saw Utah do much with him on the offensive side. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's going to take, I think it's going to take a couple weeks maybe for that market, uh, that the market to adjust on his points. So yeah, I think it's something you could, you could attack early on. I think the one concern just quickly worth bringing up with this team, JVT is just the, you know, the whole weight thing with Carl Anthony Towns and like, I don't know, is this, you know, is this something that's going to matter? Uh, you know what I mean? Maybe in the early parts of this season where, uh, you know, you, you struggle to put it back on some of this weight, uh, you know, after being sick, you know, in the off, yeah. the off season, him kind of talking about that, uh, seeing some of those quotes was, was a little, uh, you know, I don't want to say concerning, but definitely caught my attention. And then, I mean, you know, two for 10 from the field, uh, you know, 12 points, he, he just, he looks thin. I'm just, I'm interested to see how that affects them. Maybe early in the season look that might be a it, it might be something to say hey this is maybe a team to, to to play against a little bit in the beginning of the season but maybe they're gonna be, you know bounce back once Carl Anthony Towns looks a little bit more like himself it'd be interesting I think from a standpoint of how you evaluate him going forward I wonder if let me pull this up really quickly um if he's going to We're be an eye on it, no no for sure and actually just like building on it so yesterday for Carl Anthony Towns he takes seven three-point attempts I think that's going to start to go up a little bit more. He averaged just over four uh, last year, mm -hmm. but especially if he's not feeling as well physically, uh, that would mean right. shying away from physical contact at the basket and maybe shooting more, uh, thus maybe looking at him over his three-point shots in terms of makes uh, early part of the season yeah. and even going forward because I think he's just going to shoot it a crap ton more, you know? Yeah, I think I think naturally with Gobert there, we're going to see more of that anyways, right? Like, yeah. It's kind of been the whole idea, but you're right. If, if he's – if there is still any of those lingering effects, and there obviously is with the weight, he's not gonna, they're not going to want to put him down low and bang him with the bigger bodies down there. Yep. All right, my last observation um, from yesterday. Do we, we do have to focus on it a little bit here. Uh, what the hell was that from Miami? Because that's kind of concerning, I feel like. Uh, and really, it's not even just losing the game, Kelly. It's against the Chicago Bulls, who project to be a really, really poor defensive team. Having an offensive rating of 101.9 in that game, struggling the way that they did uh, with their offense in half-court situations. Uh, offensive rating in half-court situations against Chicago, 83.9. That is horrendous. Like I kind of – I'm not going to fault them on defense. Their defensive rating wasn't terrible, and DeMar DeRozan had a DeMar DeRozan game. He showed that he's carrying over a little bit of that magic from last year. That offense was putrid for Miami, though. Um, okay, first I'll say I think I was more surprised at how well DeMar DeRozan played, but you know, one he game, was awesome right? again. It's one, game. it's one game, but like, I mean, I these are two teams in the East JVT that I expect to take a step back 
in a pretty big step back. I think a lot of people would say with Chicago, yeah, okay, I agree with you, Kelly. Like this team probably, uh, you know, overachieved last year. You know, them taking a slight step back would be natural. Miami, I, I just think, I think the way they constructed that team last year, JVT was real. It was just going in so all in on the defensive side of the ball, really expecting to be able to do- dominate on that end, and they turn it into easy points. And then losing a guy like PJ Tucker, I think, is going to affect things a lot, especially with, you know, especially with Kyle Lowry coming in there and not, I mean, what, I mean, completely underwhelming last year, right? I, I there's no other way to say it. It, it is not Kyle Lowry is starting to look old and you know we heard the comments about him being out of shape last season um you know first game one to seven from the field you know four assists there's not really I mean two total points we're talking about for him I mean it, it this team for them to have a good year in the Eastern Conference like we've seen in the past you are expecting and I think almost unfairly this offensive growth out of Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero uh, and, and for Hero, it's just more the consistency, right? But we're expecting mm-hmm. that, and I think it's almost unfair expectations for guys that I don't. I don't know that I don't know that Bam can be a a you know a twenty five points per game score. He's not. I don't think that's him. I don't think that's what he's ever going to be. And I don't know if Hero. I think Hero's still got a ways to go before he can put this together consistently on a night to night basis. And they're going to have to lean on Jimmy Butler too much for their offense. And but I, Jimmy. Jimmy's doing a great job. I, what I love looking at this box score from a Miami standpoint is, okay, Jimmy got to the free throw line, right? And he, he's going to need to do that over and over again for this team to stay in games. But I, I, it's a team I've got concerns about this year. And you know, you know me. I've always, I'm usually a guy who's pretty high on the heat. And, and I, I just think this year they're going to struggle to really keep up with those rest the rest of the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Yeah. the hero, 23 points, 8 of 15. Like, he was fine on offense and shot the ball well. For me, I think you hit it on the the most important part is what is Bam Adebayo going to be? Because the the problem I have uh, is he lets it affect him defensively. You know, when he has a poor night on offense uh, and he's not getting shots to go down and he's being inefficient, all of a sudden he's not the dynamic uh, defensive guy that, you know, arguably could be one of the contenders for defensive player of the year. Um, and they were good defensively, but w- when you looked at the way they executed in that half court sets and, and I just, man, it's going to be interesting. And like Max Struess, um, look out, man, because he had 22 points and seven rebounds, one assist. He was seven to nine from the floor. Dare I say they might have another six man of the year candidate if they're going to continue to give him the minutes that he's going to get. Cause he only, he came off the bench, but he got more minutes than Caleb Martin who started. And I think that's going to be yep. something to watch because I think he's their best offensive player. And that does include when Victor Oladipo comes back because I'm not that big of a Victor Oladipo fan. Uh, but No, I'm with you. Right? I'm with you. Uh, I want to see. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And look, and look I, think we're ta- I think we're talking about another team, you know, different from Brooklyn. But in the same respect, that I, you know, they're going to struggle with size too. You know, I mean, as good of a defensive team as they are, I, you're going to struggle with size when you're rolling out that starting lineup, right? I yep. mean, Bam Adebayo is your biggest guy at maybe six foot eight, right? I mean, I, I, I think that that's I, – I think you're going to struggle against bigger teams. And that you saw – I mean, oh, boy. Seen, you know, I mean, Vucevic putting up 17 rebounds on them. I That's just stuff I think that you're going to see fairly frequently this year. Do I dare? Max Struess is 200 to one to win six man of the year. I mean, I can't argue with a sprinkle on that. I, I, mean, I really can't. Ooh, okay. All right. I'm getting the, excited. The, the only, I mean, the 
obviously I can pick out problems, right? But it's two right. it's two hundred to one you're talking about. I mean, I, I think the thing is with the Heat, it's kind of like the Patriots with with running backs, right? It's like we saw this all last year where you never really knew who was going to have the hot hand night to night with Miami, but you know between like him, Robinson, Vincent, those guys. And uh, I, you know, yes, I think he's the best, you know, out of those guys and most consistent. He's going to get the most run. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami ends up looking like that all, all, all year. You know what I mean? If it's between, between Vincent Robinson, Struis, whoever's really shooting the ball best at the time gets the, mo- the most minutes. But I, I can't argue with a 201 bet on that. All right, let's transition over to Friday. Um, we won't go too hardcore because come on, man. We, we want to keep people on the, uh, the uh, vcin.com slash JBT page. Um, <laughs> I was uh, sorry, I got distracted. I text whenever I have a ridiculous long shot of a like NBA future, I text Mitch Moss because Mitch loves those things. <laughs> and I just text him, I just text him Max Strews, six man of the year, and he responds, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell him the number? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh what's it called? I'm in the process right now, actually. When you texted the number. Yeah, when you text the number, I bet you was answering changes. <laughs> all right, I'm, re- I'm oh, sorry. That, that I, 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 look, that look, that was a that's a roll the dice. That's a roll the dice bet. But I mean, it's two hundred to one. Right? Like, uh, you know. Yep. All right. So that's so, all you're going to be throwing down that much on it. Let's tie in. Let's tie in Wednesday to what we're going to. Or no, excuse me. Yeah, Wednesday. Let's tie in Wednesday to what we're going to see on Friday. We're recording this Thursday night. Uh, by the way, the 76ers have made a comeback here, so I cannot wait to see how this goes because it's now tied eighty all. Yeah. And I saw James Harden flexing. And I also, at the same time, got a tweet that said, "Are we wor- should we start to worry about Philadelphia? And they came storming back since that tweet. So I can't wait to watch what this is going to transpire. <laughs> and later tonight uh, for the Lakers and the Clippers. So one of the more curious market moves Wednesday, we will tie into Friday, that would be the market moving oh, yeah. against San and- or Charlotte, right? So for those who aren't keeping track of it, Charlotte is a- at the open when the schedule was announced, they're three-and-a-half-point favorite. The mellow ball gets injured. He's not going to play. It goes down to like two, two, we'll call it. And, and the market just swung on game day, just went. And I texted with some sharp guys that I respect, and they said they had bet, you know, the San Antonio Spurs. Obviously, had better numbers than the closing, you know, Spurs favored by one, one and a half. But I was surprised right. about that support. And I think, I think the market was on the right track in the sense, Kelly, that the, the Hornets are a team worth betting against, and especially because the mellow ball is not out there. But what was not factored in was how bad San Antonio wants to be the worst team in the NBA and how bad that roster is. And so I built this all together, and I think you're with me here that on Friday, I'm not afraid, even if I lost out on a point, to lay six with New Orleans. Yeah, I don't think I am either. I I haven't made a final decision on that one. That might be one I just might look to get in live and try to get underneath that five or something like that. but uh, I, I mean, hey, with how good the Pelicans look, and I totally agree with you. I think the Hornets are a team you could target, especially early in this season, um, until Melo gets back. And, and look, you and I have discussed it before. I mean, they might be a team that ends up in, you know, kind of going in the tank pretty quickly here this year. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't mind that one at all. I, I think, I think that's a good looking bet. Um, the one, the one, one of the ones I wanted to bring up with you because I know you, you bet the Knicks the other night, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Pistons catching six and a half interests me. It does it, that that intrigues me a bit. I don't really know. I don't know what to make of this of this Knicks team yet. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we saw very two very different teams from two years ago and one year ago. 
And man, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this Pistons young squad. It is, yep. and I think especially if you're going to get, I, I mean, you're not going to get that kind of performance from Bogdanovich every every single night. You know what I mean? But if you, that is the but, it's the shooter they needed, and to have him in that lineup with those guys, I think this team could be pretty dangerous. And that's like so for me, Kelly. That's I think that's why. Like that's why. Like I bet on them over their win total or whatever it is. Like. Because a guy like Bogdanovich, you don't need it every night. But if you get it on the night where you're down early in a big hole, and you, you know what I mean, and you can dig yourself out, yeah. Like that game yesterday, that's a or Wednesday. Like he can bail you out of games, right? Because yes. that's a game they lose last year. That's a game that they lose outright. But that game now, when you add those pieces, when Alec Burks is going to finally be healthy, now that Bogdanovich is there, that's why I think this team has such a higher ceiling than the market's giving you credit for. And to this game here. Like I would say that I think I would rather be on the side of Detroit. My play on the Knicks the other night, because I think I'm a little bit higher on them than I thought it was going to be this year, the Knicks. My yeah. play last night, there was a play against Memphis, not on New York, right? Like it was, it was looking at Memphis in the way that they've been rated and saying, okay, well, Memphis, I don't think the first off, the market was not accounting for all the injuries that they were dealing with. Uh, and on top of that, I figured the market was going to move, but it did here. I think after playing Memphis tight, the market's going to a little overzealous. I would agree. Like if we're talking again about home court being in that range of one and a half points, I don't think the Knicks are five, five and a half points better than the Detroit Pistons. Me either. And that's kind of, that's kind of my biggest, my biggest one there. So I, I, that might end up being a play for me. I want to see, I want to see where that number moves though. I want to, I'm wondering if it even goes up to seven or seven. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Yeah. I mean, there's one shot. There's one shop that's hanging six and a half minus one fifteen, but it's not a sharp book, so yeah, doesn't really give you an idea. Yeah, that's it too. The, the only other, and the only other one I kind of had circled I wanted to bring up with you was Magic and Hawks. Um, I do think, you know, I think Cole Anthony's worth keeping an eye on. It sounds like he's he's truly questionable for tomorrow night. Uh, from what I from what I picked up on, uh, but them catching eight and a half against the Hawks. Look, I'm really high on this Atlanta team this year. But I also think that this could take a little time for this all to gel, you know, with the with the backcourt and how how well Dejounte Murray and, and Trey Young are able to handle that all together. I mean, look, night one, night one, it, it looks good, but they're playing, you know, playing the Houston Rockets. I think it's pretty easy to look good on the offensive side right. of the ball playing the Houston Rockets. I think this is and and, and I'm not as high on the Magic as seemingly there a lot of the sharp guys are this year. I, I I'm not. I, I still think that there's these teams, and look, I'll include Detroit in there too, where I think the appeal of of Webinyama and, and some of these guys and some of these guys that you can see at the at the top of the draft, that if there is any reason why you start off the season slow, if you're a team like that, I I'm not going to blame any team that wants to go in the tank, you know, and try to start tanking right away. I, I'm yeah. really not. Um, but I mean, look, with, with you're not at that point yet. Obviously, at this point in the season, players don't tank. The you know the front offices and, and coaches do when they decide who they, who's going to go out there on the court. Um, I do think I think that Magic plus eight and a half is kind of is pretty attractive to me. You get out of that five to eight range in the point uh, in the points uh, over over eight in the points there. I kind of like that number. Uh, I would keep an eye. To, uh, I don't know if you saw Cole Anthony is questionable with an illness. So I would assume yes. that's going to make a, a little bit of a, a, a difference for you. By the way, Mitch is now texting me different prices for Max Struess at different books. So oh, I think I'm shopping around. Yeah, I think yeah, I got a bite. Yeah, I think yeah, I got yeah. a bite on my line. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told 
to do his attitude and change when you set him 200 to one. Because then he got to shop around. He's got to see if he can find a 250 to one anywhere. That's right. That's just what I told him. I said, because he, he goes, where else is he listed? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to go hunting tonight. You know, I'm going to go find it. See if I can go find me a, a good ticket on Max Struess to win six man of the year uh all right before we get out of here one last game that i wanted to bring up uh for friday uh which is boston and miami so we talked about miami um the realistic like the realistic probability of this team struggling offensively i think it's legitimate and now i think a lot of a popular angle and i don't know the numbers behind this we'll have to get wes on at one point because he plays this a lot early in the season i know wes reynolds is the team Mm -hmm that loses a playoff series in the immediate re- in the first rematch of the regular season following. That's like a really good angle, right? So that would be Miami because mm-hmm. they lost the Eastern Conference Finals to Boston. Uh, my problem is, is that uh, Miami looked really bad on offense, as we have already mentioned. And if Boston yeah. is going to be the team that they were defensively, then they are. Here's, here's the catch for me, though. Out of all the things that I keep getting asked about from that first day of action, which was how bad is it going to be for Philly? And I think I brought this up to you guys on a numbers game. Philly still had an offensive rating of 119 against Boston. That, that was still oh, sure. right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that still wasn't a great defensive effort from the Celtics. I don't know if that was really about Philly or Boston. Cause you know how much I respect this Philly offense. Um, right. Yeah. But I do wonder if that was more like, should we start to view Boston maybe as and not weaker in the sense of they're not going to compete, but Robert Williams is not out there and they're not really yeah. the same defensive team. I'm just, I don't think I'm have a bet here. I'm obviously very tempted to lay it with Boston because of how bad Miami looked, but I want to watch this. Yes. And if Miami has some success on offense, I think we're going to start to have to maybe look at Miami or Boston as a weaker defensive team. And maybe that means playing this thing over Kelly, because it opened two eighteen, and there's some two and 18 and a half on the board. Um, but I'm very interested to see what Boston looks like defensively tomorrow. Yeah, I I'm with you. I mean, look, they're another, they're another team that I think you can look at, uh, like, you know, I, I, I played a small Joel and beat over rebounds prop in that first game that did get home. Uh, they're another team. Look, I think they're going to, they're going to struggle with size. And I think their defense is without a doubt going to be, you know, worse than what it was last year. Ron Williams is that good. We learned that, you know, we learned. He should have won defensive player of the year. That, yeah, exactly. Anybody questioning that in the regular season learns that in the playoffs, right? And he is that good. He matters that much. Um, I guess my big thing here is, though, I think the matchups are pretty interesting defensively when you look at who does best what offensively, right? I think the Heat can actually throw some guys at Jalen Brown and Tatum. And I, I, I don't know. I'm with you. This is a no bet completely with me here. I I actually think if I had to bet something, side or total, I'd go under the 218 and a half just because we saw nothing out of that Miami offense. Right. Um, and, and I think they act, they might be able to slow down the Celtics a little bit. But, yeah, I think what, what you mentioned with 76ers, they, you know, doing as well as they did uh, Wednesday night, and it's just – it makes it a stay away for me. But I think it's – I think it's a – I think it's a great game to, I mean, look, to get a feel for what these teams are going to be, right? Just like watching Chicago Miami was the other night. I, the, these two teams, especially earlier in the season, I want to know exactly how good they're going to be. And it, it's a must-watch game for me tomorrow night. All right. Well, we only got we, – we're pretty much up against it. You got anything else you want to lead the people before we get out of here? Anything else uh, on Friday or whatnot? Yeah, no, I'm just – I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm going to look at. Again, I think that Rudy Gobert uh, – you know, Rudy Gobert – revenge spot point prop against the jazz yeah. and yeah i mean uh, there's a narrative there and uh if we're gonna keep, keep the problem down can the, i say uh, really quickly i think the problem would be is that the people he wants revenge against aren't there 
That's true. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but regardless, I, I, I I'm or person. I, I do think that they, yeah, person. Yeah, I do think Minnesota is <laughs> going to start. We start to keep keep utilizing him in the offense here, at least to start the year. I'm interested to see how that goes. So I might be looking at a point prop and po- point maybe points plus rebounds with him uh, in that game. Just trying to look at if there's anything else of note. You know, I saw I saw that injury thing pop up with Jokic the other day. That's that's an interesting note to anybody that that's looking to bet that Nuggets Warriors game tomorrow night. I would just keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, right now he's listed as probable, but we've seen probable guys get downgraded before. So, right, exactly. The uh, I, okay, one last one I want to bring up quick uh, before we get out of here: Raptors Nets. Right. I mean, what, what's your feel on that game after you were you were on the Raptors yet? The other night, right? And we talked about we talked about the Nets and how bad they looked. I, I think it's a stay away for me. It feels like that it feels like hey, if you're Kyrie and Durant, don't you kind of you need to like you better go out and win right. this game, right? You can't can't have the, the the rumor parade get started too early uh there in Brooklyn about how big of a disaster this might be. Yeah. Um but man, that Raptors team, I do I do value teams that are coming back a year later with most of those same pieces together. Uh, you know, I value those teams a lot. And the Raptors, they sure looked comfortable with each other, comfortable with their offense, comfortable with their defense in that game against Cleveland. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It might, it might, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to have a bet on it. But, man, it's a, that's a game that's definitely – I'll definitely be watching tomorrow night. Yep, I will too. I, I did bet the Raptors, as you mentioned, but that was more kind of like the Knicks, a play against Cleveland as opposed to a play on Toronto. Right. I want to watch that game, though, because uh, Darius Garland went down in that game and they still almost blew it and needed to play the foul game at the end. I didn't really love it from Toronto, but uh, it's a really good defensive team that you're playing still up front, at least, with uh, with mm-hmm. Julie, with uh, Allen and uh, with Mobley. Uh, all right, we've got 60 seconds left on the Zoom call, so I'm not paying for an upgrade. Uh, <laughs> we got <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's going to be with good. us. Kelly's going to be with us again on these later episodes. Uh, again, look out for the decent.com uh, slash JVT column that's up every single day for these regular season matchups. Hardwood handicappers, like, rate, review, subscribe, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.